Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning. It's Monday, October 16th. Welcome to Elijah's Dreams. We've got a great show today. We're going to bring Johnny Inlow. Uh, Trump will be the subject today in Isaiah 45. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, let me just begin to, we've got about three clips to, pray, to play for you and a couple things to share with you. Uh, Rabbi Kurt Landry will be with us tomorrow. He is the ministry. We, we actually did a joint Israel tour way back, I think around 2005, six, right, right in there somewhere. I don't remember for sure. I wasn't able to go on that one, but it was a joint uh, Elijah list at the time uh, with Kurt Landry. And he did all, he was like the featured speaker. So that um, we are, we've been close friends uh his ministry is it you know he is a messianic jew uh, i guess he probably would use that term and he's a rabbi uh recognized as a rabbi so he's the one whose ministry we went through to order almost 200 bulletproof vests that you our viewers um, paid for to to keep israeli soldiers men and women safe on the battlefield so um, we're very very excited he's going to be talking about that um and all things of Israel and about this whole thing. So just letting you know that that's coming. Uh, anyway, welcome to the broadcast. Um, I'm pretty excited to show you some things, but let me, you know, some of you, I'm going to, uh, some of you have heard that Suzanne Summers has passed away yesterday. Let's bring up that photo of her. This is me with Suzanne Summers. It's kind of an odd catching. The, the camera was snapped at an odd time. Uh, this is 2017. And so that's six years ago. Uh, the backstory is that God had told me a few years before this in a dream that I would be speaking at Harvard. This is Harvard. In fact, it says there the entrepreneurship. It's the Harvard Business School. And there was another word faculty in there somewhere. So uh, I, uh, in this dream, I knew I was going to be uh, speaking at Harvard. And a few years later, suddenly this opportunity came and I spoke at Harvard. Uh, I spoke basically where I'm sitting there now, except that it was, I think I spoke the day before this picture was taken, told a lot of my story and, and what, you know, what we do. Too long of a story to get into, but she, Suzanne Summers was the featured speaker. So they had people, they had all the people sitting in the crowd. We were all there for the same reason. And they said, we're going to let people come and get your picture taken with Suzanne Summers. So this was that, it was just a moment I didn't actually get to talk with. Her, but everyone kind of filed through, sat there and smiled, and we got our picture taken together. Um, many of them, many of us gave Suzanne our card, so I gave her an Elijah's card, and she looked at it and kind of studied it and put it down beside her, and then this picture was taken. But I, on this this weekend, of course, this was the last day of a three day weekend. Uh, so I, when she gave her speech, I was listening very, very carefully to see. Because, you know, she's up there in age. She's 10 years older than I am. I'm 68 now. Uh, and so she she told her story and things about her life and nothing at all in that she spoke said anything about God or trusting in a higher power, anything that was just not there. And so I left thinking, well, she doesn't seem to know the Lord that I can tell because people usually out of the abundance of their heart, the mouth speaks. So that was that. Now she's passed away. Um, let me show you an article that I looked up overnight here. Check this out. Uh, this is an article in Survivor.net. Irrepressible actress Suzanne Summers, 76, found God after a terrifying fall downstairs. 
healing after a health setback. Three years after that picture was taken uh, that I just showed you, she had this horrible fall. I'm going to read a couple excerpts from this article, three little snippets. Uh, it says, actress Suzanne Summer said that her terrifying fall down the stairs a few years back made her discover God for the first time in her life, a sentiment that can offer encouragement to other survivors going through tough times. A little further down, it says, um, the actress from Step by Step recounted how the accident took place, explaining, quote, my husband grabbed my hand at the top of her bedroom stairs. He uncharacteristically slipped at the top and fell, and I fell on top of him. She said, she continued, it's 50 steps down. We didn't get hurt, she continued, but the torque of the fall threw me back on the cement full force. I heard my neck break. And then I just have one more um, piece here. She says, it's just been a long recovery. This is earlier this year that this came out. I had to go into rehab to learn how to walk again, but I did, she told the magazine. You know, every bad thing that happens to you is an opportunity to look for the good. I've, I've learned so much about gratitude. I've discovered God through all this in a way that I never, I'd never discovered God before. So I thought you'd be encouraged with that, knowing that she's, as far as we can tell through that testimony, she's with the Lord now, and that's a very heartwarming. She fought a good fight against cancer for about 25 years and then finally succumbed to it. That was how, what took her. So, But uh, she was an example for many cancer survivors to fight in their own way. Through She used health, a lot of health um, interventions, um, natural inter interventions. So, All right, now I want to show you a picture that Charlie uh, Champ, so look at above, uh, towards the left of the picture, you see a cloud in the middle of against the yellow there. Uh, that, that's a kind of a glory cloud. And um, they're not looking at it at the moment. They're looking down at the action. So I asked um, Charlie, this was this weekend. It was caught on camera. And here's what he said. Um, he said, last night, something truly extraordinary happened at our oil anointing service. The tangible presence of the Lord graced us, and we were blessed to capture a, a breathtaking moment. Behold the awe-inspiring whirlwind glory cloud. And I asked him to give me some more details because I said, at the moment, you're not looking at it. You're looking down at something else. So he said, hey, Steve, I can't even begin to describe how incredible the meetings were. Each worship session was so powerfully infused with God's presence. It was truly a remarkable experience. Now, let me tell you about this mind-blowing picture. It was taken on the last night right after we concluded the oil anointing service. The older woman who was also attending managed to capture it in the midst of everything. It was like a fleeting moment, gone in an instant. When I first glanced at it, it appeared as a whirlwind, but upon closer inspection, I could see a face. It felt as if we had caught a glimpse of the unseen realm of God peering into our gathering. Around 20 people were completely overwhelmed by the Lord's touch and were lying on the, on the ground in front of me. At that very moment, everyone's attention was fully focused on what was happening there on the ground. It was only later, after the meeting, that I was shown this picture revealing the incredible encounter that had taken place. So I just wanted to share that with you. I love it when God does that. And he, he does this in many times in many places. And over the coming days, months, I intend to show you other things like that, 
that that will encourage you. Oh, I need my notes here. I want to make sure I know what I'm going to do next here. So I, I I did want to just encourage you about some things God is showing up and showing off literally. So uh, that's for your encouragement to know God is very active in our meetings. All right, I have one more clip of Robin. Uh, this is you know some of you heard a clip where we played last week where he was talking against the birds of prey and even in caves. That was what was recorded in Israel. But two weeks before that, before he ever went to Israel, when everything was at peace in Israel, uh, we just found this clip and Robin found it that before he went to Israel, this is a clip of him uh, prophesying. Here's that. Netanyahu, God is with you. He will fight alongside you. Hide yourself in his pavilion, for surely the anointing of David has come upon you now. And this is the day you come out of the cave. Stand tall, stand strong, and roar like the lion you are. For this is the day, says the Lord of hosts and grace that I'm going to take my prophet Netanyahu very far. Hallelujah. Beware, you ravenous birds of Persia that seek to blow up Israel before my face. For you are calling the God who defeated Pharaoh out to war. And you can't even hold my presence in your place. I will march through your caves where you're birthing these birds to kill and destroy and cause all this harm. For even now, something is going terribly wrong in your caves. Hear the alarm? Take your hands from Israel. Leave them alone. Touch not my anointed says the one who sits on the throne. Hallelujah. And at the time that he did that, again, two weeks before the actual Israel trip, there was nothing in the news. There was no impending war. There was no impending uh, crisis like we've never seen in Israel, a war like we've never seen about to launch even as we speak. So it's uh, pretty interesting how he got all that at such an intense degree at a time when there was seemingly peace. So, all right, time to bring in Johnny Enlo Unfiltered. Here we go. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Happy Monday, Johnny. I see you have your Triumph Trump hat. <laughs> That's hey. so good. So Hi, good. Steve. I, yeah, I it's a good day to wear. I was just uh, saying to you just before we came on camera that I remember it was 2015. I guess Trump had come down the elevator because otherwise we wouldn't have been talking about it. You and I were talking and you were just sharing with me that you said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and then that was when God began to share with you that it was the world is about to be known before Trump and after Trump. Any other thoughts about that time? No, well, I've report I've repeated that um, 
many times really from when I had, I had, it was March of 2016 when I had the, the vision and, and it was clear he was winning. And that's, I was like, Oh my goodness, that was uh, a reset for me because, uh, you know, I had my, my thoughts of who should be there. And, and, um, but I knew they hadn't been let. I just asked the Lord, I was like, who is your, your man there? And, and he showed me that I was like, Oh no, that means we're going to go through um, upheaval because I could see that's who, what he's wired for. He's, he's yeah. wired for upheaval. It's like David, he was wired for war. He wasn't wired for building the temple in peace. And so I was like this, uh, it will go towards peace eventually, but, and, and, you know, in his own way, president Trump is a man of peace. And so that's what, if you go into later in David's uh, rule, it'll say, you know, all the nations feared him. So, but he had to establish that he had the capability to defeat all of them in battle. And that's what brought, brought the peace. But um, anyway, there was yeah. just a whole uh, expansion of vision that was necessary for me that he had not given to me before. So yeah, it's part of the process. Yeah, that's right. So that was 2016, not 15. Uh, he came down the elevator uh, escalator. In, we might have had a 2015 just conversation. It looks like the Lord's on him, but I didn't have the definitive word. I didn't have the actual vision input from the Lord till March of 2016. Okay. Got so it. That we really could have had that just as a conversation, yeah. like, well, because I, I I recognized already from uh, from immediate, like, there's something on him. I thought, okay, he has. He has an anointing. He's the bull in the china shop. So he has the anointing to tear up the china shop. But is he? I was like, but I don't think he's called the rule the china shop. And that's amazing how relevant that is, thinking of China in a different way as well. And so there was okay. input from the Lord. Well, I'm really anxious to hear in a good way, anxious in a good way to to uh, hear what you have to say about because you've spoken a lot about Trump and Isaiah 45, but God's giving you some new stuff. So uh, I'll just turn that over to you. Yeah. So what we want to get to in a moment is understanding um, specifically a role. We're going to find some scriptures out of Isaiah 45 um, that tie in specifically to Jerusalem and Israel. Since we're we're addressing this at, on the world scene right now. And to remind, you know, those of you who didn't get a chance to hear last week's um program, I brought up four lying narratives, basically the church is running with right now. And maybe I'll just hit just in the quickest way right now. Number one lying narrative is these are all signs that Jesus is about to return. No, but I'm not going to fill in the gaps. You can listen to it from last week. Number two, fear is a good thing to be motivated by right now. You know, fear to get your more guns, fear to any way, any, any way you look at it. Fear is not God's motivational tool other than fear of the Lord. So any voice that thinks that that's strategic towards the right thing, you know, you got to wake them up, even if with, with fear, that's not, God has a different way of doing so. And um, again, details are, are like that program. Number three, that Israel is bad um, because, you know, they deserve it because they've been whatever, uh, oppressive of the Palestinian people, or they have been rejected. That's a whole nother um, narrative that comes from, we'll say, replacement theology that says, you know, the Lord divorced Israel. And 
and it ignores everything Paul said in Romans, in the book of Romans. So that which is written last about Israel is very clear on that storyline, on that narrative. And then number four, that everything that Israel does is right. And so it's neither, you know, number three is don't demonize them. And number four, don't sanctify them. We'll say that more than they are. Because we're going to get into that part of it in what we have to share is that a lot that goes by the name Israel, a lot that uh, seems, yeah, Israel did this, is not really Israel doing that any more than what United States does right now um, is United States. When you have deep state elements forcing agendas and forcing behavior on the people and even forcing confrontations in war it does not mean the people are that, you know, so there's a separation of, of the people in Israel. And so kind of a preliminary stage to that is, you know, I want to go quickly on things that are clear and things that are not. Partially I'm aware of how people that tune in, there's a lot of people that tune in, a lot of people that listen to these programs and particularly when there's those who either haven't known the Lord very long or they're younger, younger in the natural, there are many different dynamics at play. And it's very complex what is going on in Israel. Israel is very complex. And so is the Gaza Strip. And so is everything. And I'm not going to be able to explain. I don't want to explain everything. But we want to say the one thing that is the clearest at this point, the, the clearest thing is that Hamas by charter and or origin and design is evil. And there are, there are questions of, was this actually a, an intentional product of the deep state in the same way ISIS was? Because we found out that ISIS was not a naturally occurring thing either. And they know how to take advantage of a wound in the people that feels like they're not being properly treated um, by whoever. That was the ISIS thing. And so a suffering people is always ripe to be manipulated. Mm. So um, Hamas would easily have uh, a place there because the option, and, and still one from the West Bank is, is uh, you know, uh, Fatah and Abbas and previously um, Arafat, trying to remember the, the PLO. Yeah. That was, you know, that was the one that was okayed, we'll say, by the United Nations. but the you know the palestinians have been able to see that he serves somebody else and they have he's not been a leader nor has that movement been a leader they could be proud in proud of in any kind of way and so they went for a more radical voice one that was promising more freedom um of course with violence and with death mm. extermination of israel and all that kind of stuff so we have the recent events of the last few days where hamas has come in and what they've done uh, you know, last numbers are somewhere around 1,300 killed, and many to most of them in a very um, horrific manner. And last report I got, there's 199 or 200 hostages, um, and so it, it's jumped like 50 or 60 in the last day. And the wounded has now passed uh, 4,000. So. Um, what is very clear, things that are clear is that Hamas is evil and has done something very, very evil. And it demands, it's not just that Israel is okay to respond, it really demands a response. People yeah. may not be aware that 
even, you know, it's uh, Romans 13, um, verse 3. It speaks of what rulers have not just a right to do, but an assignment. They are to instill terror in those who do evil. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So they are rulers, righteous rulers. Rulers ordained by God are there to instill terror in terrorists. So that is not only uh, something they are entitled to, not because an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It is it's it is horrendous um, and it's horrendous evil at every level that, you know, they they've even magnified it by their ability to pass on social media, what they're doing in the most uh, evil, uh, ungodly way. And so. They are there is it's just glaring out there with a need for a response. And so Mm. the response has to come and it has to be severe and it has to be um, uh, and and it has to be much more long term serving than any other response has always been. Israel's always had a policy to respond at least 10 times stronger in your counterpunch than what they did to you to start with. And of course, if you do that. 10 times just in body count, it would be a lot, but they know they must remove the capability of Hamas uh, to do that. Yeah. So the clear thing is Hamas did evil and Israel has a right to retaliate and, and even to eliminate them. Now, where it gets more complicated, the complexity comes in in that Hamas numbers I have is that well, according to Israel, there are about 30,000 Hamas soldiers, uh, if we call them that, terrorists. So there's about 30,000 terrorists, and they mm. run the Gaza Strip, and there's 2 million people there. Um, and they are the Palestinians, but the 2 million people, uh, they don't necessarily uh, align with Hamas. They have to. There's no way anybody's going to know for sure. You can't really do a survey because... They're under such intense, um, tyrannical leadership there that for them to, in any kind of way, squeak, will get them eliminated in Mm. some way or another. So, but there is the situation now you have, there are women and children that are um, Palestinian that would, you know, they would just love peace in some kind of way. Even though they're being educated by Hamas, they're being forced, educated into hatred of Israel. There's still, um, you, you would, you know, you would suspect that if given a choice of living peacefully somewhere, or trying to adopt or adapt the ideology of Hamas, that they would be those that would prefer the peaceful living somewhere. And so, uh, you have the right that Israel has to strike back now creates a whole nother dynamic of. We're going to probably hear unending stories of, uh, you know, death and destruction among the Palestinians, and so, um, so that's that's just part of part of the piece here. And so, I just want to bring up a few things, things that uh, you'll know, Steve, or you'll know in some way, and that's before right, we want to jump into Isaiah forty-five, and I want to get into the role of Trump versus. Um, Trump, as is in his role as Cyrus, talked about by Isaiah in Isaiah 45, 
and there was a, a correlation between a direct correlation, a relationship in the call between Cyrus and what he was called to do to Babylon and what Trump and what he's called to do the Babylon of today. Yeah. And then as it talks about, there is a, a coordinating role um, for how this tied into Israel specifically, because it wasn't just a call to get rid of Babylon for the sake of the world, but there was, this was something that would properly advance Jerusalem and Israel and it's still relevant. It's amazing. It could read as as today as today's uh, assignment for uh, President Trump. And um, and again, people, if you are like, oh, no, don't bring up this thing about Trump. That makes me feel uneasy. What if he's I mean, he's he's so human. Have you read his tweets and what he does? And uh, and listen, it just requires I think I said this last week. It just requires a belief in a greater God. And there's the greatness of God to take a 70-year-old plus thrice divorced, fire-breathing, eccentric billionaire and fulfill an assignment that he gave him um, really years before. You know, I may mention it again. You have, you can go all the way back to George Washington's, um, the dream, the famous George Washington dream. That was not my plan for today, but there was everything changed when a Trump was blown. And so then there was rescue for America at that point. And then you can go and there's several prophetic voices. The I suppose the best known Kim Clement, Trump will be my Trump. And that was way before it was even, nobody thought he was. It was like that in 20, 2007, if I recall the date. Recall. On that. Yeah. So that was way before anybody thought that was a possibility. And, and again, nobody seriously thought of that as a possibility. Trump shall be my Trump. And we get to Isaiah 45. We'll read that I've called you by name. And then what it represents for there to be Trump. That's why even in this on the hat we have here, mm-hmm. I like that it's there's triumph in there because the vision I had in 4006 is Trump. He had he was up on the top of a mountain. He had just gone up and his motorcycle was very loud and he had a red, white and blue bandana. And then his motorcycle he was on that was just loud. <laughs> was I was brought in close right after I said oh no and it's triumph so it was just it was just like that not that there was um the h and the i accented but I like that that's sort of if you read it from that side it's like hi it's the lord um is is saying hi I put I'm trumping what the enemy is attempting and been wanting to do so this is something we want to um uh, look at and just consider the greatness of God to continue to use a man who's definitely human. And as I say, uh, fire breathing eccentric is one way to look at it, but um, extremely courageous. And we don't know really, um, he's either he's either the most betrayed man since Jesus on the planet, or there is the best um, con job psyop taking place where a whole bunch of people uh, you know, we know about the rhinos. We know about the people that were close to him. We know about Mike Pence. And so did is, has he been betrayed um, person after person, close ally after close ally, even general after general, perhaps? Or is this part of part of the psyop going on? Any way you look at it, you can imagine the fortitude that it is required of President Trump for the last mm-hmm. seven years, just that we know about him being on the front lines. He's been the front lines. And so uh, he's been the 
the most targeted individual by the devil, by demons, and by everything deep state. So that, that ought to tell you something. If you wonder if he's good or bad, and you wonder, you just look at who has targeted him, who has tried to take him out. No, one day we'll learn how many attempts there were have been made against um, him and how many... Uh, assassination attempts yes. you're referring Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there has to be uh, uh, so many... And again, it speaks not to the greatness of Trump or even his military team or plan or whatever else. It's the greatness of God. And that's why it's me speaking of Trump again. There's a fragility to it. You're like, well, if this man fails, then this all like that's that's the amazing thing about this. The Lord says, I have called you by name. I'm going to take you by. I might as well just read that because for context, um, it comes across. I was going to get there anyway, but I'll just uh, read it right now. So Isaiah 45, to remind people, President Trump was the 45th president, to remind you that many of the prophetic people, even the prophetic people that then backed off their prophecies because it didn't come out the way they thought, had seen a Cyrus anointing on Uh, President Trump as 45th president aligned with Isaiah 45. And of course, he's frequently called 45. Again, this is just uh, the tethering of the Lord into the story he's doing. And and it's worth stopping and pausing just a moment, Steve, and just pointing out to people. I'm always calling it narrative. I want you to know some people are not familiar with the terminology as much. It means the storyline. And we have to understand we have a God who operates in stories. If you can't figure a story around something he's doing, you probably haven't figured out what he's doing because mm. he is he is always executing stories and always um, demonstrating his majesty in the storylines he, he produces. It's why the Bible has kind of the best stories ever imagined. It's why they can't stop. Even if someone doesn't believe in God, they have to talk about stories from the Bible because they're just the best stories um, whether it's, you know, Moses and the burning bush, uh, whether it's David and Goliath, whether it's Gideon and his 300, mm-hmm. whether it's Caleb and Joshua and the 10 spies and the, the humongous grapes that are there, whether it's Elijah and the prophets of Baal, whether it's Daniel and the lion's den, whether it's Esther saving Israel through her intercession with the king. That's not even to even begin going into yeah. Jesus storylines, which were yeah. all story after story after story after story. So there's a reason I'm always taking us back to what's the story? What's the storyline? What's the meta storyline? Really, would would God create a storyline where we just struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle forever and ever? We never see nations walk to the light of the sons of God, even though it says that in Isaiah 60. We never see any kind of fulfillment of Habakkuk 2.14. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. We never see uh, demonstration of multiple scriptures that are there. But we believe that he's any moment going to come out now because we're having a hard time. He's going to come rescue us because we're having a hard time. And like, what kind of storyline would that be? It, it requires you believing in a very mediocre God in order to you to believe that with this type of storyline established, not just in the earth, but before powers and principalities. This is this is an embarrassing storyline before mm. powers and principalities, if he ends it now. Like you sent Jesus. So God takes on all the sin of mankind. He sheds his blood. 
and he does this ultimate sacrifice and takes on this ultimate humiliation being spit on by the ones he created, being beaten by the ones he mm. created, just so that we could lose um, in a very, while we're divided, while we're, uh, you know, seeing all seven mountains totally taken by a mafia, by a Luciferian, like the whole earth is run by Luciferians, and this is going to be his end story. You need to have something in you that's offended at the storyline itself and understands mm. by the storyline itself that we cannot be at that end of Jesus is about to return. Now, can he do a faster work than we than some think? Perhaps. But even that fast work is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to take a while. Mm. And, and, and particularly to to the degree that we keep insisting on that he's going to come in the midst of this type of. Uh, you know, contradiction of his storyline. And so anyway, that's that's just that. So let me read out of Isaiah 45. And I'm going to read um, the first seven verses. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. Well, I probably have to stop verse by verse, but keep it there. Just keep the verse up there. I want to point out this is Isaiah prophesying 140 years ahead of time before Cyrus ever shows up. So he's prophesying by name by someone about someone who has not even been born yet. Mm. And um, but he's saying, and for those who don't know, Cyrus will be a Persian. He will be he, he will not be an Israeli. He will not be a Jew. He will come from somewhere else. And he says, whose right hand I have held. We will never hear that he serves only the true living God. He mm. kind of adds him to his repertoire is the base best that we can do. So he never becomes more perfect than President Trump. Mm. If, if those w- wondering that. To subdue nations before him. This is a reminder to people. This same call and assignment is on President Trump now. And so to subdue nations before him. The call is not just the United States. It is America first and particularly through the grid the Lord wants Trump to happen. have. It is America first, but the assignment is to subdue nations before him. To loose the armor of kings. I have some big helicopters going on over me while we're talking about subduing mm. nations before yeah, well. some military helicopters seem flying to loose the armor of kings. That is to disarm those who are carrying uh, the evil weapons and to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. This literally happened with uh, Cyrus when he came and he took out. You have to understand he took out an empire that had been there a couple of hundred years or more. The Babylonish Empire seemed positioned to be there forever, 300 300 feet walls as far as their height, 80 feet wide, 100 and something watchtowers around them. And they had even the river that went through Babylon. They had double. They had these bronze gates, these double gates. So it was describing a literal scenario that would be on planet Earth 140 years before. But there is application to everything President Trump has had to do. In other words, the way it's being described is you will have an impossible assignment. I am anointing you and I will take you by your right hand. So again, hear this for President Trump. He's anointed him. He's taken him by his right hand. And it's going to be to subdue nations, to subdue deep state nations 
as well, and to loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. Now, number two, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. You remember what we've been hearing from different sources and people, something I knew may have said three or four years ago on the program or in writing, but it's something Dr. Jan has told us about the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places that he was instrumental in cleaning out the tunnel underneath the Vatican's 25 yeah. kilometer tunnel of 650 plane loads of treasure of gold that goes into the quintillions. And so this is something that's already happened. These are things that have already happened really with President Trump that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, there's an emphasis on his name. So Trump's name was mentioned, but it's what the word Trump means. If you're playing cards, it means it's the card that will win, period. And so there's no other card you can pull out and uh, outdo what a Trump does. But a Trump is also, uh, biblically, you go to Leviticus 25, the sound of the Trump was about Jubilee, the sound of Jubilee, where those that are heavily indebted, those who've been made slaves by a system or whatever, are set free. That is a major part of the call of President Trump. That is in the process of being executed on planet Earth. There is a whole uh, another application to understanding the name Trump. And so it's a card that wins, but it's also the announcement of the intervention of the Lord. It's the announcement of the day of Jubilee as well. That you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am, am the God of Israel. Now, this is where we get into we're talking about because the connection for today is not just as it relates to the global scene or the United States, but of Israel. So Cyrus had a call to remind people Babylon was the nation that was holding the children of Israel. Essentially, it's more complex than what I'm telling you, but they had lost they had lost their identity as a nation. The Lord for hundreds of years through the prophets had been warning them they have to stop Baal worship or they would lose their land. And so they lost their land. They lost uh, Jerusalem. They lost the temple. The walls were raised of both. Um, they, they were devastated and they were taken into uh, captivity by Babylon. And so this is the very Babylon that now rules and reigns the, the, over the world. But the children of Israel have nothing. And so there is a startup. It's a reset. You have lost everything because of your disobedience. But Cyrus is going to give you a reset. Again, see the parallel for today. You, you failed to occupy with light, with salt and light, where you're supposed to. This is even an indictment of the church in some way. You, you embraced an escapism plan and role, a premature escapism plan. And mm -hmm. so you lost all, you lost your capital, you lost your temple, you lost your rights to land even. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring somebody that's not even one of you. I'm going to bring a Cyrus out and he's going to, allow for a reset. Can I and ask so, you a quick question, uh, not to pull us off the flow, but just, he, he said, he, he said, I've taken you by your right hand. Apparently that's very pregnant with meaning and authority and power. And if this applies to Trump, which I believe it does, doesn't that tell the, the viewer that this is not just a guy that I'm going to use if he's willing and if he doesn't mess up along the way, if he doesn't have too much pride, 
taking him by the right hand is kind of a sovereign thing. It's like, this is how I, I will use him. I mean, do you see what I'm going at? It's like the people that would have said, well, you know, he got prideful or something. So God removed the plan. No, he, God took him by the right hand. If we apply this scripture, I don't know. Any thoughts about that? Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. No, exactly. That whole thing, uh, I had that to, you know, there's people who have had dreams and visions, intercessors and prophets, and I'm not, I'm not here to call anybody a false intercessor or false prophet, but they've seen that Trump had you know, the Lord had gotten unhappy with him because of his pride and this and that and the other, and he's removing him. And there's a humbling wrong, 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 mm-hmm. wrong. He foresaw all that ahead of time. He hasn't changed his personality. His personality has actually been key for what he's called to do. Totally. And, and, uh, you know, and so his, his, uh, we'll get to a little bit to his, his uh, more than his assignment. I'm not going to jump ahead too much in my notes right there, but the, people need to understand that that's that's a wrong reading of it. Like he has to be holy enough for this to take place. That's why that's the Lord. When he says, I'm going to take you by your right hand, that's a position of strength. I'm going to take your strength and your strength is going to be under my control. We could go into more. It's the right hand. It's not the left hand. And so um, there's something more we, we could get, but it's, it's, it's just, this whole chapter is so pregnant with meaning. That's why yeah. we've taken, um, you know, it's been a year or two. We have to be reminded always yeah. there is, you know, tens of thousands of new uh, yeah, there are. listeners. And so they haven't heard this before. And it's good to be revisited because I know when I was first talking about it, there was a lot of doubt out there that President Trump even was in this position. I think many are now convinced he's in this position. And so they kind of need to hear it, hear it again, yeah, because totally. it's, in some ways, um, more, more obvious. So back to where, um, where I was, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord who call you by your name am the God of Israel for Jacob, my servant's sake and Israel, my leg. So I was pointing out that even what Cyrus was called to do is allow for a reset for the nation. They would have a temple built. They would have walls of Jerusalem rebuilt. They would get another chance. They didn't necessarily do great with it until Jesus showed up, but they had several hundred years of um, of the Lord providing a reset for them. I suppose you could say there is the um, it, it stands out as some sort of uh, warning for us. He's giving us a reset now. He's added a modern day Cyrus. It's in Trump. And it be it, there's a word I don't know if you use it anymore, but it comes it behooves us that we really yeah. must respond uh, appropriately at this time and take advantage of the reset. The children of Israel, again, they did sort of, you had what Nehemiah and Ezra, and there was celebration and there were good years, um, relatively speaking, but as far as the fullness of what God would have done, and it can't happen. And it can't happen if, if a nation continues to hold on to a twisted narrative, a twisted storyline. It can't happen if the church continues to advance this twisted storyline that this is all about Jesus wanting to come real soon and zap us into heaven when he hasn't revealed and released the viewing of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, as he said he would. And that was his first instruction for prayer and pray kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven, not like a little token of it, but as it is. And that's supposed to bug us for a while. Like how in the world is that going to happen? Well, when sons and daughters in his image embrace the proper storyline, they can begin to advance that as never before. And so that is a storyline we want to connect to, even as it becomes more and more obvious in the days ahead that we have been given a reset, a restart, and one that's overcome even the enemy's attempt uh, to not just restart and reset in a wrong way. I think yeah. again, back to Dr. Jan, I think is one that was uh, just on saying that she found out that this particular plan they're on is a hundred years in the making. And we have to be a little bit, wow. um, yeah. a, a little bit patient with what's, what's, what, what is going on, but they have, they have been orchestrating beyond their own lifespan. They, they have, if evil can think beyond their own lifespan and say, you know, we may not see this fully implemented into world control and to world depopulation to 500 million and to world slavery of everyone but us while we just gloat and worship Lucifer and Satan. That's their plan they've been working on. And they had gotten to, you know, we were right at the precipice of it being executed. And it was to be executed fully through Hillary Clinton in power. And so mm. and the Lord saved us right at you know, the Trump was sound. It's the Trump was often also sounded at a moment of help, Lord, uh, you know, crisis and, and things like that. And so there is the, the Trump was sounded in the Lord's intervention and has gone from just, uh, you know, help and rescue us to him. Like, let's get back to original intent and design. Let's get this nation back to its original constitution that you lost uh, beginning 1871, that you you know, you sold out your debts caused you to go into being a corporation instead. And so there is this whole assignment call President Trump has. But don't think, uh, you know, those who are listening, you cannot think that by President Trump, if you have him, you know, finally officially in the seat of president, like, oh, finally, that is not the goal. The goal is we have to have an operational ecclesia who now lives Monday through Friday in every area of society, um, not just waiting for the enemy to retake over again these mm. places. Um, because if you look the last few years, there has been removal of the enemy actually in multiple stages and multiple places on the mountains, but we have not positioned our, ourselves for um, occupation ourselves. You know, he said, occupy till I return, a military tomb term. He didn't say speculate till I return, occupy till I return. And that's to advance the kingdom of God. And so that's why I continually hit this storyline, this narrative, because we must embrace it. And we can just remember this storyline from the book of Isaiah, that there was a Cyrus. He came in, he gave him a reset op opportunity. And so he took out an enemy that was impossible to take out, an enemy that was greater and mightier than them in every kind of way. And that's what we have right now. Those of you who've studied and heard like, oh, we have, th there's no way out of this. The agenda 2030 and everything else going on, they've, they've got us on every turn and every angle and they're going to do this. And the more you study the enemy, the more assured you become of how in control he is. The less you study him, the more you study God, you become assured of how much God has everything covered and all the bases covered and they will be bred for us, you know? Mm. So, but the Israel part, verse four, for Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect. And so there is something we, we must connect what President Trump is doing to the assignment for the nation of Israel. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was, uh, well, let me just finish reading the sure. seven verses I said. For Jacob's sake, my servant's sake, for Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. There's this whole thing again. His name is mentioned three times. I call you by your name. I even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord. There is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me. I will strengthen you. This is a promise. If President Trump were listening to this right now, he's still saying this. I will gird you. And he's not saying, though you have not known me. He knows him. He knows him uh, good enough. In a lot of ways, yeah. he knows him better than 99% of the body of Christ because yeah. he understands uh, God at a whole nother level that so many uh, ignore. That they may know from the rising of the sun. Where's that? That's the east. That they may know from China to its setting that there is none besides me to the west. The west. Uh, from the east to the west, there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. And that means there's no competition. Now, some of you just everyday normal believer Christians need to hear that again. I am the Lord. There is no other. What is he saying? There is no other. There's no other competition. There is no other competing power. Um, The Illuminati, Lucifer, Bilderberg, whoever you have, they do not. They don't register. You know, on, he doesn't have a, a blip and there's the enemy. He does, they don't even register to the Lord. There is none. There is no competition for him. I am the Lord. There is no other. I form the light and create darkness. You're like, what are you, why is he doing creating darkness? Well, he created Lucifer. The call wasn't for him to be dark. That's what his name, he was called to be the one that shows light, mm. that, that informs on the great things God did. But he created that possibility. He didn't create him dark, but he came dark. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Rain down, you have, I'm reading verse eight. Rain down, you heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open. Let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Well, you know what? Let me just continue verse nine because there's a point. It's hitting me right now. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or shall your handiwork say he has no hands? Now, why am I bringing that up right now? It's interesting because this goes into the assignment of President Trump. And then he talks about striving with the maker and then the clay saying to him who formed him, what are you making? Now, a lot of this transgender stuff going on right now is the clay saying to its maker, no, you didn't really make me this. I am something else. So oh, just, well, I never thought of it in those terms with the with the trans thing going on. Well, OK. It's double. It's the transgender stuff. It's the transhumanism stuff that the elite are working on. They're working on even the introduction of that through the vaccines and 5G and all. We're not sure what all that they've actually put out there already, but we know they are working on transhumanism. And so, again, it is the clay saying to the potter, we're going to upgrade. We're going to change. We're going to do something different than what you made. And this verse, woe. To him who strives with his maker. Let me just release that as a prophetic word to all of you who are out there involved in trying to do this. That's whatever ears of the enemy are listening to them. Woe to him who strives with his maker. What does it look like to strive with his maker? Is you decide you're going to be God in transhumanism manners. and, uh, And then you're going to do that in transgender. And you're going to confuse the little ones who don't know the little and young ones. Because that's a lot. They're the 
often just the victims of confusion. The enemy works on them. And then you have these these manipulators, these demonic manipulators at the top of the of the food chain of darkness, striving with their maker, thinking they are the new gods. And he's saying, woe to you. And one obvious woe, W-H-O-A, is stop it. But this, there is going to be a response. There is accountability. There is going to be justice and judgment for those who strive with their maker. And I'm not talking about the little teenagers confused or something. Those who have orchestrated this movement of striving with their maker. And that's for those involved in all the uh, wrongful messing with human DNA and, and, and as well as what we just talked about, the transgender movement and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, this is a very relevant chapter and verse and, and time um, for us. So I want to uh, cover, because this is the role, understanding mm-hmm. Trump's assignment and Trump's assignment now. And I was telling you the complexity of the way things are. And so I want to re-hit on that. And we're trying to put all this together. We have different pieces of a puzzle. We want it to be a neat puzzle by the time we're done so that there is not confusion uh, leaving. But I'm going to um, explain some of the complexity when we say Israel, Israel is, um, and we'll put it in parenthesis, Israel. Um, you know, Israel, for those who don't know, Israel is made up of religious and non-religious Jews. So for people to understand that, made up of over 70 nationalities. Um, they have, they're just past 9 million people total in Israel. Interesting, because when Israel started 1947, 1948, uh, there was 800,000. And so, this is nine, does the 9 million include things like the Gaza Strip? Are you including that in the Gaza Strip? No. Okay. No. Um, there are 7,181,000 Jews, okay. um, which is 73% of the population. There are 2 million, just right over 2 million Arabs. And so, but those are not the Arabs. Uh, there's an additional 5 million people what you're just talking about, okay. uh, the West Bank, 3 million, 2 million in Gaza. So you have another 5 million in that little strip. And so, yeah, you're looking at 14, 15 million people in that area called Israel. But within what is presently accepted borders, um, there are 9 million. And you're okay. right, Steve, that's a good question, because if you add that, it, it jumps uh, way more. Well, actually, besides those uh, uh, Nine million. There are five hundred and forty-nine thousand others. So, uh, and by others, that's five point six percent. They include Christians, non-Arab Christians, Samaritans, Karaite Jews, Messianic Jews, Russian. So, when we say Israel, it is it is not just like that. Means that's how many Jews there are. It is a complex picture. There's also two hundred and something thousand foreign workers in the nation. And um, so it's, it's changed uh, a lot. I think the 2022 numbers, just to give you another perspective, 18% of the nation is Muslim. So there's one, you know, think of that. Israel is 18% as far as citizens of Israel, 18% are Muslim. Yeah. That's like about a fifth, just shy of a fifth. Yeah. Uh, Who would have thunk that that would be, that would be the case, but yeah, that's a lot. And there's 2% Christian. So 184,000 um, that goes under Christian and 2% Druze as well. And so there is all kinds of um, 
realities in that, different religious realities. You know, if you separate into four quick groups, there are, um, even among the Jews, there'll be like practicing Jews would be, we'll say, number one. Uh, then there are Orthodox, which is, they're not just practicing, it, they they have up the rules to a whole nother dimension. And then there's it'd the, like the it'll be like the Pharisees of our of Jesus time would be kind of like the Orthodox. They wear the black and they got the black hats and they wear black. That's kind of the Orthodox one. Isn't it? And then there's the ultra Orthodox. Oh, ultra. Okay. <clears throat> and those well, are those, those are specifically those. And then they have the secular. So those that say no. Um, and actually. Um, for Israel, those who consider themselves either secular or not very religion, it's 65% of almost 70% of Jews in Israel say they're either not religious or they just do some of the traditions or or a little bit. In other so, words, 70, 70% are not probably, I mean, Israel stops on Shabbat, but of those 70%, they're stopping because they kind of have to, not because they're worshiping the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, and 44% self-describe themselves as um, secular, okay. meaning not motivated at all by anything okay. Jewish, maybe not even Shabbat. I don't know what that means. But even when I, I, I list the practicing the Orthodox, the ultra-Orthodox and the secular, if you go there, there are several subsets of those as well. Um, and so it doesn't even, they're not four neat categories as well. So there's ultra, ultra orthodox and there's variations all over. So it's, it's complex. It's complicated. Some of them don't even believe uh, some of the orthodox. Many of them don't even believe Israel's supposed to be a nation. They're just supposed to be a place that holds the temple in Jerusalem. So they're not even, uh, you know, they could be against, uh, well, they won't even serve in the military. Um, and they'd look for ways out of it. You know, it's, and I'm not trying to come uh, get into all, all the complexities because it really is too much. Yeah. Um, and it's too much to process in, in one time, but we're just letting you know, it's not simple what's going on. And so that's why I had to say what's clear, what's clear. There's been a horrific attack. It does need to be responded to and severe response is, is justified. Now, so we're just telling you how complicated Israel is. So that was one. We, Hamas, I say it's simple. Evil, evil since its charter and what it, won't back, what it won't back off saying in its charter. So there's not complexity there. It's evil. Uh, and then the Palestinians. And so here we have, again, around 2 million in the Gaza Strip. And, um, and then you have anywhere from 6 to 14 million overall throughout the world of Palestinians. And they have a migrant, for those who don't know, they sort of have a migrant history. And so they are, you know, a history of being refugees, mm. a history of being rejected by all. Mm. Have It's sort of hypocritical, the march that they'll do in other nations. We support them, but they won't allow them. They won't give them uh, a space. They won't give them, you know, Egypt has this border 100% sealed. Like Gaza cannot go fleeing into friendly Egypt. They will not allow them in. They consider them troublemakers. And, um, and, and so is that fair? Some people say, yeah, they're troublemakers. They have been. They've been uh, creating trouble among the nations for forever. And well, part of this, they've been a rejected people for forever. 
Yeah. They look at their own um, history that it began with the Canaanites. You know, the Canaanites, the children of Israel told to cast out. Well, but there's even in everything about um, their history, and where they come from is contested. And so in that there are various storylines, there's lying going on. You know, had somebody somebody sent me something about, you know, a perspective on the Palestinians even right now. And they're trying to tell us that 35 percent says, what are you going to do about 35 percent of the Palestinians are actually Christian? And, Is that right? 35 percent? Well, I did research every other kind of way in the most, the highest percentage I come with is 1%. Oh, and But yet that's something they'll tell. And see, these lying narratives come in. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. And storylines, because that would be like, oh my goodness, because if we, if there's like 35%, but then Hamas doesn't allow Christians around. So how would there be that? That is the whole nature of the difference between what and and then, you know, even the 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 few that are there are um, doesn't make them less Christians necessarily, but they're like Orthodox, Greek Orthodox and the like and that kind. And it's it's not friendly ground for true believers. And so that's part of even the reason why Hamas needs to be dealt with, because they don't allow anything else, any other religion uh, other than theirs to exist. And that's by charter. Not only do they intend on keeping their land clear, but their assignment and mission. That's what the Hamas commander was releasing to the world is like, they're all infidels. They're all targets. Everyone can be beheaded and butchered and cut down because as long as they're not one of us. So we know that they, there's just, it, it's not, there's no way there's 35% um, Christians in the Gaza Strip, but that is a a lying narrative they're releasing to confuse them. That's why I'm speaking into it some right now because people are being confused. They're like, well, what what if they're going to go in? And so, you know, this guy is saying, so you you're in favor of the Jews coming and killing the Christians. It's like, no, that's not what's taking place. There is a need to eliminate terrorists because they need to eliminate the terrorists. Yeah. And if that happens, it's going to be. I think President Trump released a statement a couple of days ago that's very clear on it. Is like. And now you, because there's the pictures of the Hamas are keeping the children all around them so that, you know, if the judgment comes to them, if justice comes to them, the children die as well. And they want that blame to go on. And that's what makes it so difficult in waging war with them. But President Trump has well, already. Plus Hamas, if I, if I understand the report right, that they built their headquarters underground underneath the hospital. So. So that if if you really took off after the headquarters, you'd kill people in the hospital. So it's it's wickedness on steroids, man. And so, but here's the deal, Steve, and and just a little bit right now, I will say this whole attack. There is some nine eleven type intrigue, yeah, to it. Yeah. It's like it's not all face value. What it's by, by intrigue, you mean something's rotten somebody should have known this was coming and did, must have known this was coming right it, it in fact it's probably 10 times or 100 times less likely than the 911 storyline it's like there is no way once you understand israeli intelligence and the way they secure things and the way they have um double and triple and quadruple defense systems where if one fails 
the next one, there is another line and then there's another line and for all of them to fail and they don't respond for hours, um, there is something and somebody at the highest level that has to- that is part of betraying Israel. Somebody that goes by Israel or represents Israel, somebody high up and, and, and it has to be more than one person. And so this is part of what's going to be exposed and revealed. And this I'm going to get back to this is part of Trump's assignment. Mm. This is part of what um, I'll just jump right to it because I don't know if time if I'm going to get all this out. But, you know, what's Trump been doing? His, his assignment here in our own nation is exposing rhinos. And we've been shocked. Yeah. We've had these people that we assumed were, you know, Republicans who are pro everything good. And they then they're crooked as can be, whether it's because they're compromised, blackmailed, threatened or whatever. And so I've talked about it. We've had the rhinos, Republicans name only the Chinos, uh, uh, Christians in in name only. And part of I'm I'm just going to throw out um, uh, three specific assignments Trump has as it relates to Israel. And I believe these are assignments from God. They're related. You can extract them. Uh, extrapolate it for what for what Cyrus had to do in in his day, but I I have listed as number one expose the inos that's Israel in name only, mm. and so I believe that's what's going to come out of this. There is already in you know there is reporting within Israel something had to have gone wrong and something did go horribly wrong. This 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 was not somebody. Uh, and I've already seen it has been sent to me that they were given stand down. Uh, and I, again, I don't have I, I can't say it's verified enough, but there are reports to stand down on uh, on defending. And it was for hours. You're saying somebody gave the order to the to the Israel Defense Forces to stand down. And let this happen. Well, and we know that there was a movement of many or all of them over to the West Bank, supposedly to do something over there. And, and, um, but, it, you know, again, that seems to be part of the sinister nature of it. And I don't know who did it and what did it, but I believe yeah. even from the Lord, uh, I've kind of known all along that there is, uh, Israel has been highly infiltrated. It's why the world doesn't know, even among the patriots, it's just biggest. Uh, point of dispute almost those who defend Israel and those who like no Israel is the problem and it's they don't understand that it's because the enemy has so infiltrated Israel place things like Mossad Mossad is not even truly an Israeli organization from its foundation of those who understand the funding of it and every other part's hard well, to is, isn't this possibly what revelation 3 one of the applications is you there are those that say they're Jews and they are not that's Revelation 3. So we're watching that some of that going on right now. They're right. saying they're Jews, some of them. And it's just like, you know, you may have some good friends people have, and we know I've, some of their sons are FBI. And so you're like, no, the FBI is good. Well, the FBI has good people, but particularly in positions of power, it has treachery. And we mm. saw that from J6, January 6, and multiple other scenarios mm. that have come out. The CIA, yeah, you may have some... That, you know, some people, no, he was a good CIA. There's good. Um, but it, it was created in order to be a tool for the deep state. And I'm no doubt about that. So Mossad is something it has UK foundations, MI6 foundations, Rothschild financing foundations. 
and are there a lot of patriots that are, uh, you know, Israeli patriots in Mossad? Probably so. Probably a much higher percent than um, than not. Um, I don't know so the numbers. Complex. So you say you're saying the Mossad, who's got a whole lot of bad stuff about him, may still have Israel patriots within it that are not bad. I'm certain of that. I'm okay. certain of that. Because okay. you think, and I, and the irony of it, they, Mossad will be have been responsible for rescuing Israelis and other nations many times. Mossad will be responsible for protecting that nation. They'll have done that, but they're also the ones that put it at the highest risk mm. for the things they 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 do. You know, this is controversial, but it's true. What I'm going to say right now, it's like you have the same family and the same money, the Rothschild, who, um, you know, they're they're key in the foundation of Israel. They are, they put the pressure, we'll say, on Lord Balfour to make the Lord the the the, the edict, um, allowing Israel to be a nation there, and they are the ones that you know the Holocaust Museum that so well, uh, you know, make sure it's not forgotten for history what took place, um, and so it, they're, they're the they're the financers of it. And and they're also the financers' clear trail of financial connectivity to Hitler himself from uh, Rothschild and Rothschild money. So this is how it gets complicated. Yeah. And so then if you say something about them, it's like you're anti-Semite, and and so they they use it. It's dastardly, demonic, devilish, and that's part of the Trump assignment mm. to make it clear who's who, what's what, because not all of Israel is Israel. Not all that goes by, um, you know, waving the Israeli flag is pro-Israel. And so they're definitely not aligned with. And with he, he, Trump really is uniquely gifted. And that's a part of his life thing. He used to say, I, I'm looking forward to going bankrupt because that's when I that's when I'll find out who really are my friends. He, he plays that throughout. He's he does these things right now to expose who's who. He's really gifted in that way, isn't he? he uh, that's the Lord said, I have girded you means I have given you the goods. I have given you what it takes for this assignment. And then I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to accompany. I'm going to take you by my right, my right hand. So his role, I believe, number one is to expose. I'll call them the INOs. There's we have to understand. You should see the handiwork of God on him. You should recognize the anointing on him. You, you know, that was part of you recognize the anointing on him. You don't even know how else to say it, Steve. You saw him come yeah. down the elevator and you recognize you just flat had prophetic recognition of yeah. the anointing on him. Yeah. And then we recognize that, you know, debates are everywhere. It's like, man, whoever went up against him, it's like you ran into a, a ball called the anointing that just demolished <laughs> it. So fun to watch. You didn't know how he was going to do the next one, but. <laughs> you didn't so, want to be one of those 16. That was amazing. So he's responsible for. Do you remember, like, I mean, the nations threatened to revolt in World War Three back when he was just going to put put Jerusalem as capital. Remember, the Cyrus call was is a verse I didn't I didn't get to yet is verse 13 of Isaiah 45. I have raised him up in righteousness, speaking of Cyrus, speaking of Trump, and I will direct all his ways. He will build my city. And let my exiles go free. Now, build my city. It was talking about Jerusalem. So there is a specific assignment to Jerusalem by the original Cyrus 
there is a specific assignment to Jerusalem by this Cyrus, by, by Trump. And when he says, and let my exiles go free, let my captives, depending what version of the Bible, it's about freeing the captives. And that's what's motivated him, particularly the children captives, the, the, you know, the sex trafficking stuff. And it ends it with like, this is like, this is supposed to be for us to recognize he's talking about Trump. Not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. He's done all he's done while losing money, while not taking a salary. He didn't do it for price or reward. He didn't look for a salary. So, but it was, it became evident to us that all hell broke loose to the next level when he said, Jerusalem will be Israel's capital. Why? Because he's on assignment from God. He doesn't even know why he's, uh, he may or may not know beyond that he's supposed to do it. But it's God that lets him know he's supposed to do that. He takes on the whole world. He rattles the cages of everyone in the whole world that's in government. And he's like, no, we're doing this. And they're like, oh, we're going to explode. You're going to go. You, you won't believe the violence you're going to bring on to that nation. Well, it hasn't happened. Okay? Yeah. It was all it was all threatened. Then what else did he do? The Abrahamic Accords. Again, so that's part of the, com- the confusing picture. The complex picture is Palestinians, even though you can't put them all, they're not homogeneous as far as knowing where they come from. But at least a, a majority of them will be descendants of Ishmael. Or we'll say at least a lot of them. It's, it's complex. So they all look to Abraham as father. So even when you pull out the, you know, uh, Genesis 12, 3, it's like, no, man, if you don't bless Israel, you're going to be cursed. And he, well, he said, that was about Abraham. And it's like, he who blesses you uh, uh, will will get it good from me. He who does you wrong will get it wrong. Well, those are Abraham's children. And so just to make it complicated enough, uh, Ishmael is one of his kids, and so you have these are all Abraham's children. That certainly is not preached anywhere, is it? Not not in our circles, because we say, well, that meant I was I was gonna we're supposed to bless your child Jacob who became Israel, but we're not supposed to do it with Ishmael. But he said he told uh, Hagar was not Hagar. He told the mother. I can't think. Was it Hagar? Yeah, Hagar. It was. Yeah, that that he would make a great nation out of great people. So we're supposed to bless them too, according to, I mean, I don't know, because it starts at the father. You bless the father, you bless his two kids. And if you understand that he's all about a storyline, there is no way he's going about to show up on planet earth and not have this storyline corrected, made, made good. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So that's the thing. The Palestinians are, most definitely not our enemies and they're to be pitied in a great way. They are in the middle They're They're again, we should understand it a little bit in the United States, those who are patriots, because everything is being, these decisions have been being made for us. And these restrictions have been made for us. It's been feeling like communism. Well, that's, that's what the Palestinian has to be a Palestinian has felt like, and don't, don't be, uh, don't, you know, attach Hamas behavior to all Palestinians and say, well, that's don't don't consider them one and the same. Yes, for being close, they're going to uh, suffer some consequences, but they have been they have been trapped. They have been they they are a they are one of these captive people. Ultimately, I will tell you that either Trump's assignment, I'm getting this from the Lord right now, or the repercussion of his assignment will even free these people to opportunities that they've never had before. Wow, now that's a, that's a good word right there. It's not just about getting making sure Israel gets theirs. You're saying he's going to make sure Palestinians get their blessing and favor and opportunities. 
They just have to be disconnected from uh, being manipulated and and imprisoned. They're essentially you talk about uh, human trafficking. It is it is a reality that most Palestinians are essentially human trafficked by these political um, groups that are often funded by deep state money. And so that's how they become so so powerful. That's what makes it so complex. So Trump's role, big role, we're already saying, the Jerusalem establishment that he did, huge. They know it's huge in Israel. They say we've never had a president like Trump. They know they have a friend there. And Trump's a friend to them, even though he knows that at the highest level and from the Mossad, there are not just dangerous characters, but they are world manipulators in their danger. And they have probably been targeting Trump. And you have to understand that if all the people that go as government in Israel, if they were actually all pro-Israel, they would not have forced all Israelis to take a vaccination that they had to know was going to have severe consequences. And so there are are deaths. uh, And I just looked, you know, there there were 50,000 deaths last year um, that seemed to be and again, it's hard to know, but they're related in some way in Israel to uh, to vaccine injuries and more. And, and it, you know, it is like somebody says, what are your what are your sources? It, it, it is. What is a source? Anybody who was like, what well, is the BBC yeah. a source? I don't think so. It's a source of lying. So there's like the hardest thing is to get truth on source. But if we yeah. if we understand just what we've learned from the data, data in general that the doctors have been telling us about the damages done to people when they when they had uh, um, the vaccine. We know that when you force your people 100% to get these vaccinations, um, you are not doing something that helps them long-term. And so these are the mm-hmm. same forces. So you have right within the power structure of Israel, people that are clearly anti-Israel and that they will sell you out and they'll allow thousands to be killed in order to stop the global uh, takedown of their mafia. And because that's what's really uh, motivating even this, uh, you know, I'll say it one more time, said it last week, deep state's intention, 100%. They have three objectives. Uh, Objective number one is they needed Israel to have such a high death count that they would respond higher than they ever did. So they needed a big body count. They got it. Number two is, you know, like, okay, now there's going to be a huge backlash. It's going to cause a huge body count on the Palestinians. And so that's their number two goal. Number three goal is that the world and particularly the Arab world, the Muslim world responds and reacts to the huge suffering and death that are brought on by Israel bringing a retaliation that it somehow inflames into a world war. Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. You've already lost. You've already mm-hmm. lost. You've already lost. You've already lost. You already lost. I'm going to tell you that prophetically. You're not going to succeed in turning this into a world war. Yeah, you good are word. not good, going to good succeed. Word. Good word, yeah. man. Good word. But that's the deep state's goal here. So that's why to them it's, you know, a, a little sacrifice um, for there to be thousands. And then uh, I'll bring this up anyway. This, uh, you know, it's Johnny unfiltered. So I'm supposed to say things that are, uh, you know. Yeah, unfiltered. Yeah. Controversial. 
you know, there was a report uh, of the, the 40 babies that were beheaded. And then there's taking it back and saying, no, that really is not. And it didn't happen. So it just remains out there. Did it really happen? Did it not? And so that's part of, you know, the, the, the talking points to how dastardly Hamas is that they would behead that. Well, again, just to go uh, into what is Israeli culture at some level, um, directed by those who are from the top, is, you know, I just did research and it's loosely, it's a little more, 40 abortions a day in Israel. So mm. a day, 40 abortions. So there's 40 little kids that have something stuck in their head, their brain sucked out or something else. And, and so that's not animals, but it's animals to do the other. Again, you all know for You're sure. You're saying nobody's accusing the Israelis of acting like animals, and yet we're accusing for, for killing 40 babies a day. And yet, we're, yeah, I, your point's well taken. You, we mentioned that just off the air. You're right about that. So, but the same, of course, we have to say the same is true over here. People are animals that, that suck the brains out of babies and abortions here as well, just as much as e, as Hamas is evil. Those doctors and inst- and Planned Parenthood, they're, they're, they might as well be Hamas for what they're doing. Okay, I'm, I'm done. You, well, you got it. And so it's like, this is, you're right. It's not just their hypocrisy. It's the world's hypocrisy. Yeah. The people are like, oh, what's going on there? Are the ones that, you know, we have actors and famous stars that are putting things like uh, abortion and they show a baby being killed is, is healthcare. And, and so, uh, and so this is just part of, you know, part of what's being exposed and revealed around, around the world at this time. So back to Trump's assignment. Number one, expose Inos, Israelis in name only. Uh, number two, empower their version of the uh, of the patriots, the good people, and those are those who, for basic human rights, he's he's not his assignment is not to put somebody Christian in power there. Christians would, um, I'm saying they, you know, until the Christians change their narrative, they're dangerous people to have at the top of the food chain in government. Mm. Anyway. If they believe that the assignment is to accelerate things that if we can really go towards cataclysmic events, then Jesus will come. I want all those Christians staying out of the top of government and may yeah. they not make it. So, but it's just like, uh, we need those who are basically pro human rights, human liberties. Um, those, you know, Patriot type people, that's the type of, he wants to make room for them. That's his assignment is to allow uh, uh, you know, that type of individual to finally thrive and not to be sacrificed um, when he tries to make any climbing, because this is what's happening. Good people, as they try to rise in Israel, they're knocked out and they're knocked out by deep state planning. Those who actually have a global agenda, that's depopulation. And they consider Israel just a magnificent wild card for them to pull off the thing they want to pull off. They've always thought they have a powder keg. And if they ever need a distraction, if their plan's ever not going well, they can create a world world war out of that and and cause the superpowers to go against each other so that they can continue to run with their uh, synthesis. You you know, we've talked about there's the thesis and the antithesis, and then they run with the synthesis. And so that's part Mm -hmm. of the plan there. So he's called to empower patriots. Number three, uh, he's still called. Part of his assignment is to protect from enemies. It goes with what I'm saying, foreign and domestic. So it's kind of 
what he's doing here. And so Israel has foreign and domestic. And, and so Trump's role, and believe me, we'll find out sometime, the word is out with the power that, you know, from his commander in chief position, there is do not cross this line in coming and taking advantage of Israel at this time. And again, number it's number four. It's not really so much for Israel, but what he what he does for Israel, he is doing for us. Yeah. Uh, he's doing it in an American first way. And that's how it works. And that's how it's fine from God's perspective, America first. But the exposure of the Inos, whether it's Chinos, the Christians in name only, Republicans in name only, Patriots in name only, all all those uh, uh, fake um, uh, traitors, actually, they're real traitors, but they're they're fake and they're traitors in that way. Um, he's he's exposing them. He's exposing them in our nation. He's called to do the here. And it's something that the Lord has taken him by his right hand, empowering him, girding him with it. He's by girding him means I'm giving you the strength. It doesn't mean just internal fortitude, but he's got whether it's you want to call him the white hats generals. He's girded him with what he needs to get the assignment done. He's girded him with the, the economics. He's given him the resources. Even we'll say that, that which was under the Vatican, there's resources, there's space force that was created. There's power. He has been girded, President Trump, both on behalf of the United States and Israel. And this is something the Lord's doing. And it's going to be a great story because this is God's story. It cannot be pulled off just by uh, human uh, ingenuity. This is not because even there's a you know a military plan that's brilliant enough. This is a God who's brilliant enough. This is what he lays out over and over in Isaiah 44, 45. I am the Lord and there is no other. It's like there's no other power that can compete with mine. And I'm doing something and I'm creating a reset for what is good on planet Earth. And so take advantage of this reset for what is good on planet Earth. And I'm using Trump in a central role. And if you don't get that, again, as I've shared before, any prophet of the Old Testament who didn't know that Cyrus was the instrument that tried to say it's from some other way, they don't have a book named after him. Whether it's Daniel, whether it's Ezekiel or Jeremiah, you go, all the prophets, they'll either call him the king from the north. From the, they're, they're talking about Trump, and they're talking about him over a period of about 300 years. I mean, they're talking about Cyrus. They're talking about Cyrus, you're saying. They're talking about Cyrus. They're yeah. Trump. 150 years before he shows up, 150 years after he, he, he was gone, it was in their prophetic, it was in their prophetic words. Because God uses fragile men, and that's the greatness of our God. It's not, he doesn't need help. Believe me, it is the biggest handicapping of himself that he ever does. He even announces, can you imagine? He announces, he announces to Babylon 150 years. Like if, what if they had taken it seriously? The prophet Isaiah announces and tells even the name and where he's coming from and who's going to take him out and what gates he's going to take down and what he's going to do. And he does exactly that. That that requires godlikeness. You got to be God mode to do that because you everybody else has to plan in secret and there has to be, you know, covert this and that and the other. But he actually named his plan who the man was. And it's the greatness of God to stick with an original um, assignment that seems to be built on someone uh, fragile, human to human. So we want to we want to understand uh, that as well. All right, this is good. All right, Steve, let's see. I got a couple more things. Okay. It's amazing how uh, time flies. It goes fast. I'll just, 
cover a, a couple of, uh, of things. Okay, so let's just read. I don't want to miss whatever I do. Uh, Psalm, I mean, Isaiah 45. We're staying in Isaiah 45. Okay. And um, let's read verses 15, 16, and 17. Truly, you are God who hides yourself. Now that we are seeing. He hides himself. And, 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 and so we can't always see what he's doing, but he does tell us some of the things he's doing. Oh, God of Israel, the Savior, they will be ashamed and disgraced, all of them. They shall go in confusion together who are makers of idols. 17, key verse. But Israel shall be saved by the Lord. Now take that for now as well. It's a prophetic declaration. But Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. We have to understand we have a nation that was totally devoid of righteousness. Their Baal worship um, was horrific, was just at the max level. And so many of the prophets for hundreds of years were having to warn of it. And there's just a tiny percentage that would not be involved in that from the way the scripture is put together, where he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go through Jerusalem, see if you can find one uh, um, who's really on our side. And, and, he, and he couldn't do that. And so even presently till, till this day, you know, he has uh, a nation that doesn't, you know, Israel, it's not like we're talking about, you, you know, your local, um, I don't know what we would call it, holy church place. It's 98% that don't, they reject Jesus presently, 98%. Well, I mean, I know we call it the Holy Land. We've called it the Holy <laughs> Land. Not, not so much a lot of the time. No. 98% reject Jesus as Messiah. They know that's the narrative, and they reject him as Messiah. And the 2% that do say he is the Messiah, 90% of them are operating on a, a, a wrong narrative. Yeah. Uh, how this all works out. So imagine, I think that's one of the things I, I had written down here. I want I say God always gives himself the hardest jobs. He <laughs> always gives himself the impossible assignments. You think our assignments are difficult. This is, he's going to protect a nation. This is his, this is his present assignment with Israel. He's going to protect the nation that 98% has rejected him as Messiah. Even though his son came, was brutally, mm. brutally treated and killed and uh um and and yet he he it wasn't like this surprised him he called them over and over again this is no insult to them they know this among themselves they'll tell this about each other in israel he calls them you are he tells them i didn't pick you because you're a better people he says you're a stiff neck and stubborn people hmm. uniquely uncooperative uniquely ungrateful uniquely opinionated wow uniquely i'm right and and again you go there i don't know how many times in israel I will have somebody from Israel say, you know what they say when you have 10 Israelis in a room, there are 11 opinions, or they'll say there are five Israelis, six opinions. So they're known for being stubborn, opinionated, and all that. And so it's the ultimate test for does the gospel work? Because this type of people, when, we, when we're presenting the right narrative, the right manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth, that's why this thing of Israel coming in is going to be so, so awesome, because it'll be like, wow. Those with the most resistance, the most opinions, they have just realized this is this is it. So they're the ultimate test and proof. They're they're the provers for us. If we we should embrace the fact that they'll the smell test of whether we're taking a kingdom message will ultimately be Israel because they're like this is it. 
This is it. They they have that assignment. And but the Lord, you know, He tells us what's our assignment is like. Well, you just believe that I did these things on the cross. He goes to the cross. He does it all. He knew no sin, so he always takes on the most difficult, impossible tasks. And then he just asks us to cooperate with what he's doing. It's the greatness of our God that we're talking about here. All right, Steve, let me see. Make sure the last verse or two I got this in. Okay. I put in uh, just some quotes I wrote down as I'm spending time with the Lord. Israel is still in captivity as in Cyrus' day. It's not the iron hand, but um, again, you have they're in captivity either to a lie about their Messiah or they have these Inos, these Israeli in name only. But he says to them, Israel shall be saved. And I'm going to do a great work. I'm going to say that one more time. Verse 17. But Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation, a salvation that lasts. And you shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. Because what he does, the God of the narrative, the God of the storyline says, I'm going to find the most difficult case here. And I'm going to win with this so that you know I win everywhere else. So it's not Israel instead. This thing of Israel being elect is not because you're instead of the nations. No, you're the firstborn among the nations. This is how he's God of the nations. But it's like, if I can do this with Israel, there is going to be uh, a reverberation of that that will then transform all the nations as well. And so he takes on the toughest assignment. And this is um, to send a message, not just to us, not just to humanity, but to powers and principalities of what he's going to do and how he's going to win. But he establishes, read Isaiah 45. Only he is there. I got to say that one more time. He's saying, I am the Lord and there is no other. And, and he's not just like, there is no other who can save you. Yes, that's true. There, All other competition and power does not register compared to him. He's just looking for sons and daughters who will work with him in that. All right. So good. So I think I got it. I think I got it. Just for information, people be aware that the whole Gaza Strip being taken away for people who didn't live long enough. I remember when George Bush Sr. was a part of brokering that whole deal. You have to understand we now know he was a total globalist tied into the Luciferian everything. George Bush is the one that brokered the Gaza uh, turnover of that, that because that's what the land was turned over. It was a uh, land for peace deal. You give mm. them that and then you're going to have peace. Well, here's the full, uh, this is the full harvesting of what a deep stater of a globalist of a Luciferian Bush, what he pushed for and he, and he forced upon them. And so this is, is something for us to learn uh, for as, as well. So, yeah, I feel like Lord just told me I'm done. That's good. So, so good. So, so, so good. Uh, Johnny, you know, I'm going to have you pray in a minute, but before you do that, um, any announcements at all, I'll give you an opportunity. Is there anything we want us to know? Uh, thank you again for that, Steve. Um, we are about to, I think we withheld launching our, uh, R7 TV because we were going to do it last week. And, and I don't know the new days, we might be almost there, but in sensitivity of the the world events taking place with Israel and all that, we pulled back. And that's the only reason we did. And so we will be announcing that very soon. And um, 
And so any other announcement like that, we're again, part of being sensitive to the moment we're in, we're just like, we're going to hold off on that, but you'll see everything new that we want to say on restore7.org and any other interviews and matters uh, that, that we have. But there is, there is a focus, but the Lord, let me just say this. He really is saying like, Johnny, my people really have got to understand and come in alignment with my storyline, with who I've clearly laid out as my Cyrus for this moment. The Trump, the triumph. This is not about trusting a man. This is so much harder than trusting in a man. This is trusting in a God to use oh, yeah. fragile elements to pull something off. And it's a time to do that as never before. That's so good. All right. Well, would you feel like praying for the people as we close out? Great. Lord, I just thank you for your presence mm. again. And Lord, I just ask that your encouragement would be released to all who are listening right now, yes, that in their hearts, uh, in their minds, that there would be a reverberation, a resonance of truth, that inside there would be uh, that which they uh, they understand as a full inner confirmation from the Holy Spirit of the things that we are talking about today, Lord. Anything that doesn't, you are so good with it falling off and and, and it not being something they try to incorporate. But Lord, I just feel like you were you were speaking something specific today to encourage your sons and daughters and even to kind of gird us with the strength. Because in the same way, President Trump, and as, as with Cyrus, I will gird you. You are girding us up. It means you are giving us what is required of resolved strength uh, in order to press through a very difficult moment, a very difficult yes, day, but also a day with promises for uh, uh, that exceed any other generation. The, our generation, what you're doing right now, the transition, the reveal of the kingdom that is about, that is beginning now, and that is about to be surfaced, is unprecedented in history. And we are privileged to live in such a time as this, Lord. Release your presence, your anointing on your sons and daughters. Let new dreams and visions be theirs. In Jesus' mm. name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, uh, Johnny. A quick reminder, Rabbi Kurt Landry will be with us tomorrow. We'll be talking about all the kind of things we're talking about today as far as uh, this war. And uh, I, I know Kurt's got a lot of, a lot of, you know, he's the Jewish man. His boots on the ground. He's been to, he knows Netanyahu personally. He's been to Israel hundreds of times, literally. So uh, he knows what's going on, so it'll be interesting to get that update from him as well. Uh, don't miss that tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Johnny, again and again. appreciate it. So sure. we'll see you tomorrow at 11 Pacific. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Every day, people in Africa are faced with an impossible decision. Dirty water or no water at all. No one should have to make that choice. Together, we can help by providing clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. 
Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.